Greetings, New Orleans Saints fans. It is the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek as the New Orleans Saints inch towards preseason game number two against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday night in the newly renovated Caesars Super. We've got so much to talk about leading up to the game, but we are very pleased to be joined on today's podcast by New Orleans Saints legend. He is a world champion. He is one of the most popular Saints of all time. You know him, you love him, number 16, wide receiver Lance Moore. Lance, it is an honor to have you on this podcast here today as we get set for the preseason home opener against Jacksonville. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I got to say, your your uh, introduction of me was amazing. And that's the first time that anybody's ever called me popular in, in an intro. So there's a first for everything. Uh, I like to say that I'm a fan favorite. I think that sounds better than being a popular saint. Um, but yeah, uh, let's, let's get after it. Looking forward to uh, game two. I'll, I'll be there in the dome uh, working with WDSU. It's been a while, right? Like, for, for me at least, like, I didn't come to any games last year. Uh, a lot of the fans weren't able to come to games early on last season. So this is uh, an interesting time as COVID restrictions are back. Um, but uh, having people in the Dome again, it's going to be fun, masks or not. I mean, I, I really don't care. Just, just to be in there and to feel that atmosphere um, and playing against, a, I would call, an up-and-coming Jacksonville team. Obviously, they've got a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of optimism in that organization with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and all the other guys that they brought there. So I think it's going to be a good test for us. And, and hopefully, um, I'm not sure what Sean said the last couple of days, but hopefully a lot more of the starters will play, get their feet wet, um, because this is, a, I guess, anything but ordinary offseason leading into a season, the first time ever that we're going to 17 games and three preseason games. So um, it's, it's all brand new and, and coaches' philosophies are all different. Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how Sean operates uh, this second preseason game. Yeah, a lot to unpack there, Lance. And look, we're 17 practices in with the dome practice coming up tonight. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these guys in the Superdome. You know, we heard from Ian Book earlier in the week about how he's driven past the Superdome every day, going out to the facility, and he's never been in it. So he's got to be fired up. But training camp-wise, okay, you've been through the grind of a training camp. I think, you know, physically it's probably a lot more different than it was when you broke into the league uh, just because of – the contact rules now and the amount of time you can spend on the field. And Sean Payton has talked about this, but you're 17 practices in there's two preseason games left. Just the grind that you have been through physically, not only physically, but the mental grind as well. Are you just about ready to be like, look, enough's enough. Let's, let's, let's get to some games. Yeah. Well, look, man, there's, there's, the mental part is just as important as the physical part. So you can't have one without the other, right? So you've got to make sure that you understand what you're doing before you actually go out there and do it. So I was a guy that hated two-a-days, but understand we had to to do them because they were necessary at the time, right? But 
looking back, it's like, okay, now these guys basically have half as many practices as, as we had. So the mental part of it, I would say, is even more important than the physical because you've got to be able to take limited reps on the field and translate everything that you're doing in the film room, in the walkthroughs, at night when you're studying in your room, and make sure that that gets put into play whenever your number is called on the field, whether that's in practices or in the games. But to your point, 17 practices in, you're ready to hit somebody else, right? And there's there's times when there's it's going to get uh, heated at practice. There's going to be little skirmishes and fights and things like that. And those are things to be expected, but it, it does. You get tired of going against the same guys over and over and over again, and you want to have a different opponent. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny after playing so long in the league and then looking back at college and you just have a pretty, uh, pretty long training camp and the first time you ever get to hit somebody is in your first regular season game. And it's looking back, it's like, man, that's crazy. But um, it really is. I mean, it's, it's tune up for these guys. And, you know, the NFL doesn't have spring ball or a spring game per se. So um, I would say the preseason games are necessary in all of that time, including the 17 practices thus far, the meeting, you know, time, the walkthroughs, all of that stuff is pertinent to, to get done what you need to get done before the regular season. And interesting, you said that because, you know, we listen to Sean Payton every day after practice and he talked about it because a lot of these practices have been inside in, in the indoor facility at the Austin Sports Performance Center. Now must be, there, must be nice. Uh, I, it must be nice. Now there was the, the first week and a half though we were outside and you know the media we're dying out there. I, right. I couldn't imagine having pads. Oh yeah. But one of the main reasons he talked about being inside a bunch not only was the weather but because of the time constraints that are actually put on these practices, you know the amount of reps you're going to get when you're inside and the amount of time between periods. When you're outside, there's a little bit more time. They really don't have the time anymore, and that's one of the main reasons why they've been working inside a lot is to keep the practice moving along. It's much, much different than when you were playing. Well, yeah, it sounds like it. And what's what's the uh, saving time equivalent to penny pinching? That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like Sean Payton is doing. But But, I mean – He's like most other coaches that they're going to try to maximize their time. And back in the day, it wasn't quite that big of a deal if you went over time. Then Sean was going over time and started getting fined and other coaches on other teams were getting fined. And so now it's like, okay, we can't, we can't go over time. We can't get fined. So doing whatever you can to make sure that you maximize the amount of time, you know, one field is different than having two and having guys walk from one end you know, to the other field. And this isn't high school football where coaches are blowing whistles and telling everybody to run from A to B. I mean, these guys are pros and they're going to take their time to get to where they are going to get to because we're going to try to maximize our rest, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just human nature to try to like, okay, we're not live, we're not going hard right now. So I'm going to do as little as I can so that I'm ready at the next snap or the next whistle. So it makes sense. Um, and, and also we're a dome team. So like, if there is any other reason, it should be, okay, we, we're going to play, what, we're going to play 10, is it 10? 10 games at 10, the Dome this year? Including the next three weeks in a row. There you go. So there's, there's 10 games that we're playing at the Dome. Not to say that the outdoor practices, you know, you can't get work done and they're not important, but we're a Dome team. And I just, I, I think that, you know, once we play again outdoors or on grass, the, the guys will be back outside. And maybe occasionally if it's a not so hot day, um, the guys will be back outside, but I, 
I honestly don't see any reason why they wouldn't practice inside. I used to love practicing inside. I mean, there, there's air conditioning for crying out loud. So, I mean, it's if the, for no other reason than that, this you're more comfortable. Guys are, I guess, less susceptible to, the, you know, the, the fatigue and the muscle injuries from being overheated or sweating too much. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think it's smart. I mean, maximize time, try to keep your guys as healthy as possible. It's a more controlled environment. I, I, I like it. We're talking with, Saints legend Lance Moore here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. All right, Lance, when you were in New Orleans, there wasn't anything uh, even in the vicinity of a quarterback battle uh, when you were here. We, we knew who the quarterback was going to be. That is not the situation during this training camp. It has been very, very intriguing since day one. That has been mostly the topic of the offseason. Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Is it going to be Jameis Winston? They've split reps uh, every day, who, who's going to work with the ones, who's going to work with the twos. The dynamic of that as a wide receiver, you know, I, I, I don't know what the situation was when you went to Detroit or, or when you were in Pittsburgh. And if, if there was any, I would imagine there wasn't a quarterback battle in Pittsburgh either nope. with Roethlisberger. Or but Detroit I, with Stafford. <laughs> well, there, exactly. So, you know, you really haven't experienced something like this. Do wide receivers in the room do they have a favorite? Uh, would would they pick? They, hey, I want this guy. Is he going to throw me the ball? You know, it's a much different dynamic than anybody around here has ever been used to. Yeah, no, it's definitely different. And and I would say that Drew Brees, there's been a lot of things that have happened in this offseason. The turnover on the roster, uh, you know, rookies coming in. I mean, but Drew Brees, 15 years, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's gone. Obviously, that's going to be the topic of discussion. Um, and rightfully so, right? I mean, we've been we've been blessed, we've been fortunate, and we've really been spoiled to not have to deal with situations like this that a lot of other teams deal with, if not every year, pretty regularly. Uh, you know, there are certain teams that have their quarterbacks that they've had for a long time and they're set, but there's a, a handful of other teams that are dealing with this type of situation almost every offseason or every couple of years. So um, speaking from a receiver's perspective, Drew or Ben or Matt would get days off every now and again. So the backup would go in and you get reps with them. So I, I, I'm not going to say that it's difficult for a receiver to catch balls from two different guys, right? I mean, we're all working the same playbook. We're all working on the same timing, the same cadence, the same verbiage. So it kind of works out well. Now, one quarterback might not be as good as the other quarterback or be able to deliver the ball on time or on target all the time. And that will make the receiver maybe work a little bit harder or less hard, depending on which one is playing. Uh, but honestly, if we're talking about guys in, the, in that receiver room and they're saying, which guy is the favorite, I'm going to say whichever guy's throwing them the ball the most in practice. I mean, just, just to not overthink it, right? Like, Oh, I want him to be the guy because he throws me the ball all the time in practice. And then when we get in the game, we're going to have that, that chemistry, that familiarity and that camaraderie that just comes out every single time. Um, on the field. And it's an unspoken thing if you get to that level. And hopefully these guys through training camp and the OT, little bit of OTAs that we had have been able to develop that type of relationship with both of these guys, because we don't know who it's going to be. But I do think that not only are we in good hands with the staff and Sean and his offense, but I think we've got two really good guys. They're obviously different. 
Um, one is has been a little more proven, led the league in passing yards for a season. Uh, one of only, I think, five or six quarterbacks to ever throw for 5,000 yards. So if that's not reason for excitement, then I don't know what, what is. And Taysom Hill is just a matchup nightmare. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if it's going to be the short or the intermediate passing game. It's going to be play action him throwing deep. And then obviously we know what he can do with his legs. So, um, you know, if I had to pick a guy in the race, I think the offense would be a little more wide open with Jameis. Then that would allow Taysom to go back to his normal role as the do-it-all, jack-of-all-trades guy. Um, but, but honestly, I don't know. I mean, the only person that really knows or will know is Sean. Um, and I guess this week, you know, we'll find out a lot more uh, what's going to happen. I think, I think Jameis is starting this week, right? Um, so here it is. This is his opportunity. A, a lot more, I would imagine, a lot more of the starters will play. I would imagine a lot more of the starters for the Jags will be in this game. So it will be true ones-on-ones when he's in the game. Um, and it's up to him to go out there and seize the opportunity. Just a couple more minutes here with Lance Moore. And here's the other kind of wrench that's been thrown into this deal, Lance, is that, yeah, normally you'd pick week three of the preseason to really have the dress rehearsal. Well, right. there are only pre- three preseason games now. You don't have the time. Exactly. To do any of that. And that's why I think it's really – uh, I wouldn't say stressful for Sean Payton to figure things out quickly, but there are literally only eight more quarters to figure this deal out. When you're talking about offense, you don't have the luxury of waiting for game four and then, and having the decision made and then basically playing guys who are buying for roster spots. That's not the case this year. No, it's not. And I, I, look, I think it's more than just the preseason games. People always put so much emphasis on these preseason games. The coaches have an idea what they want to do, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, I think it's on the players to go out and practice and in the games to basically make them right, right? It's, it's, not, it's not as simple as, well, preseason game one, Taysom might have outplayed him. And then preseason two, Jameis outplayed him. And now it's going to be all up to preseason game three. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. Um, I think these coaches have had an idea since free agency, right? Like kind of what direction they were interested in going in. And they're not going to tell anybody. They're not going to reveal their hand or say who is going to be doing what. Um, You know, Sean is not ever going to give any extra information if he doesn't have to, which what great coach would, right? So, um, you know, I I think that this game is important, like they all are. But I'm not going to be the guy that says – whoever plays better in preseason game two, the dress rehearsal is going to be the guy that is the starter week one. I I just think that there's too much time in between um, once OTA started and now, or the beginning of the season, too many reps, um, too much going on behind closed doors that, that we as fans or analysts can't see. Um, So they're important, but I'm not going to put the most emphasis on the games. I think all of the reps up until now are important and all of the reps until we get to week one will be just as important. Final question for Saints legend Lance Moore here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Obviously, Drew Brees, the unequivocal leader of this team the last 16 years. But, you know, we've seen in the last couple of seasons, Lance, Demario Davis has kind of upped his game in that leadership role. You hear him talk. He is so thoughtful. He, he, it's not all about football. It, it, it's about everything. It's all encompassing. Uh, how good are the New Orleans Saints in a leadership hands role with Demario Davis, not only defensively, but, but for the whole team? Oh, they're in great hands. Um, you know, and you can tell when he speaks that it's not for show. Like he's not doing it so that 
it, it goes viral. He's not doing it so that high school teams see it and try to replicate what he's saying. Like he's doing it because it comes from his heart. He's doing it because that's the type of person he is. That's the type of leader he is. He's a motivator by nature. and He's able to get the guys going. I mean, and that's, that's what you want from, from a leader. Um, but it's not just DeMario. I mean, like this team is full of leaders, Cam mm-hmm. Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins, Alvin Kamara. Finally, he's going to get his opportunity yep. to be more boisterous and be kind of out there Teron Armstead. I mean, these guys have been around for years now and it's going to be different, right? It's, it's not going to be Drew Brees in the huddle. It's not going to be Drew Brees standing up in meetings and talking about this and that. I mean, it's, it's going to be other faces, but those new faces are familiar faces and they're faces that have been around the block, uh, you know, plenty of times and, 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 you know, they, they will be able to, I, I think, get the best out of each and every one of their teammates because the teammates respect them. And that's what's most important. You don't want a guy getting up and speaking that everybody's like, oh, this guy again. Right. Like the guys that we have, the leaders that we have on this team will be able to pick up uh, just where exactly where Drew left off. Or as you saw last year or the last two years when Drew was hurt, it was DeMario Davis, it was Cam Jordan. Last year, Malcolm Jenkins comes back and he's in the flow. So I think it's gonna be, um, I don't, I'm not gonna say we're gonna replace Drew, but, but I think that leadership void will be filled by several guys and will be in great hands. Lance, cannot thank you enough for your time. I mean, we can go on and on and on, but look, you need to travel safe to New Orleans, get in the dome, can't wait to see you in the dome, my man. I know 70, thousand of our friends will be there as well yes. uh it's been a very long time since everyone's been in the superdome so uh really really looking forward to see you and uh travel safe see you soon well while we have a minute on the podcast i want to bring in the newest member of our team we are so glad that she is on board it is aaron Summers. she's going to be working very closely with us uh, on the saints podcast as a matter of fact she'll be taking over next week she'll be working on the saints home broadcast, Pelicans broadcast, but Aaron Summers, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to New Orleans, and we're so glad you're part of the team. Thank you. I am so excited to be a part of the team. It's been fun and getting to know a little bit about New Orleans this past week, and I'm really just looking forward to meeting a lot of the fans, diving into a bunch of the stories here with the Saints, and then I'll also be helping out with the Pelicans as well. So, Really just excited to get going. How many games in the Superdome have you ever been to? Curiously. Ooh, uh, none. <laughs> none. Well, you're you're in for a treat, I, I would say. And even though it's uh, preseason on Jacksonville, think about it, Aaron. You know, the most we had in the Dome last year was 3,000. So it wasn't going to be anywhere near uh, what we've seen. The Dome has been sold out on a season ticket basis since 2006. So, um I think you're in for a big time treat on Monday night and indoctrination, if you will, to the Houdat Nation. Yeah, I hear that they have the best home field advantage. So I am looking forward to experiencing that. I know all the fans are looking forward to being back and being able to be in the dome. Um, So yeah, I mean, bring your best because I'll be out there in Champion Square. You guys better come say hi. And we look forward to you being out there as well with all the Saints faithful. That is Aaron Summers, our newest member of the team. I am Todd Graffinini. This has been the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. When we come back on Monday, it's Aaron Summers' show. She will be anchoring 
the podcast. We look forward to that. We will see you on Monday. It will be game day as the Saints take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Caesar Superdome. Have a great weekend, everybody.